Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 21 this morning. John chapter 21. I'm going to be sharing a message title simply this this morning, What Now? What now? If you've ever served the Lord for any amount of time, that you probably found yourself in those moments of what I just talked about, those in-between moments. Those in-between moments. Those times where, don't raise your hand, but just think of it, those times where you feel stuck. You ever just feel like you're in a rut? You ever just feel like it's just like you're just, it's like it's the same thing going on and on and on and over and over in your life? Uh, if you just talk, those moments where you feel stuck, those moments where you feel like there's really not going much going on in your life, you've got that that kind of that in between stage in your life. Maybe you just came out of a really good season in your life where God was just really doing some incredible things in your life, and and you're now you find yourself in that moment. You know what's what's going on, God? What's happening here? What? Why do I not feel you? Why do I not hear you? Why do I not sense you? Why do I not feel that you're there? And what I've learned is if we're not careful in those moments of the in-between times in our life, what happens is we will take upon ourselves the attitude of defeat. In other words, we just came out of a really good season where God was moving and God was doing some incredible things in our life. And now where it's like there's not go, much going on, there's not much happening, and, and, and when we feel like if we're not careful, we'll, we'll be defeated. You see, the enemy wants you to, in that, those seasons where there doesn't feel much going on in your life, he wants you to take on the attitude of, of being defeated. He wants you to feel like that God has forgotten about you. He wants you to feel like God has abandoned you. He wants you to feel like God has walked away from you. But can I tell you this morning is this. He hasn't walked away from you. He hasn't abandoned you. And he hasn't forgot about you. So please be careful that when you're in that season, that in-between season where you don't really feel like much is going on, don't take upon yourself of living a life of being defeated. Because you haven't been defeated. It just may be a season in your life where God is transitioning you to something else. It just may be a time in your life where God is transitioning you to somewhere else that he wants to take you. That he wants to do something new in your life. Things are not happening like they once were. And again, we feel like God has abandoned us. Or, and we stop for a minute and we think about the situations. We think about our life. We think about the moment that, we live, that we're living in. And we start running the list of the things that I didn't do. Right? Okay, what did I do, what did I do wrong here, God? What is happening, God? Why am I in this season of things that we didn't do? Okay, I must have not have done this. I didn't, maybe I didn't pray enough. Or maybe I didn't worship enough. Or maybe I didn't pay my tithes enough, or maybe I didn't come to church enough. or So we go through this long list of things in our life, of things that maybe, God, why am I, what have I done to put myself in, that, in this, this moment? Or we think about things that we, maybe we didn't do. And so we've all been there. We've all had those moments of where we've been stuck. We've had those moments where, man, we don't really sense what God's doing in our life or really understand it. What have I done to cause this situation in my life? And what I've learned about myself is that sometimes God will allow us to go through those seasons that we don't know why that we're going through those moments. We don't understand why we're going through those moments. But what I've learned to know and understand is this, is that if I will trust him, that if I will trust him in that moment, in that in-between moment, in that season where everything was wonderful, right? The, everything was great. We, we, tend to, we, we tend to forget about God when things are really good, right? We tend to kind of just, man, look, look what's going on. Look what I've done. And, but, but it's in those moments of the in-between season, the in-between moment from here to there that we're just like, okay, God, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And I, wanna, I just want you to know this morning is this. If you forget anything I've told you this morning, remember this. Just trust him. Just trust him. Because what happens is your mind is going to try to figure out why. You're going to go there. Some of you are really analytical, and you're going to try to figure it out. You're going to try to put the pieces together. You're going to look at all these different situations, and you're going to try to understand why, and you're never going to understand, you're never going to understand why. 
You're just going to keep beating yourself up. You're just going to keep living in that season because you keep trying to figure it out. And what I've learned is that I'm not going to be able to figure out that all I need to do is just trust God in that moment. That, that the next moment is going to be different than this moment. If that if I will just continue to trust Him. If I will just continue to live for Him even though I don't sense that He's there. It could be a time that, again, it could be a time that God is getting ready to transition you to somewhere else. It may be a time that God is getting ready to transition you to another place in your life, another step in Him. But if you give up in that moment, if you walk away defeated, then you're going to miss out on that transitioning moment that God has for you next. So don't live a life of defeat, because if you're here today, you're not defeated. You're not defeated. None of us in this room are defeated today. Why? Because even though you may have pain, that even though you may have things going on in your life, the devil, I mean, uh, God has overcome all of the obstacles that you're going to face in your life. So we don't, live a, we don't have to live a life of defeat, that we are victorious no matter, what we happen, no matter what happens in our life. So don't live a life of being defeated because we're not defeated. You just have to tell yourself that that moment that you're living in, that God is going to come through, that God is going to transition you to somewhere else if you'll just keep listening and, and, and tuned into His voice. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 9 says this. It says, Afterward, Jesus appeared to His disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter and Thomas, the son of Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. Verse 3, it says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we're going to go with you. So they went out and they got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early the next morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped himself in his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed him, followed, uh, in, in, followed him in the boat towing the net of the fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. Here's a story where the disciples, they have left everything. They have left everything. They've left their families. They've left their, their occupation. They've left everything behind. And here they are in this moment of in-between. There was something compelling about Jesus the day that he called them to follow him. There was something about what he said that day that, that they were willing to lay everything aside to follow after Jesus. You see, as a follower of Jesus, we're called to follow Jesus. It never says that you're supposed to get ahead of Jesus, though we find ourselves many times. It says that we are to follow Jesus. That we're to be a follower of him. The Bible is very clear that the day that Jesus spoke to his disciples standing on the sea that day, he said, come follow me. And then he says these famous words, I, I will make you. In other words, all I need you to do is follow me and I will make you into the person that I want you to be. So as a Christian, all we're simply called to do is follow God. But what happens? In this following process, we try to make ourselves. We tried, to, we tried to do things, in other words, we tried to get God to follow us. And God says, you're called to follow me. We tried to get God to follow us. We tried to get God to live in our world. We tried to get God to do what, what we want God to do in our life. But as a disciple, we're called to follow him. We're called to follow him wherever he goes. And so what he says and what he does as a, as a believer in Christ, as a disciple, we're called to follow him. We are called to follow him, but what I love about it is this, is that he, he will make you. He will make you to be the person that he sees you to be. Not the person that you see in the mirror every single day, but he will make you the person that, you, that he sees you to be, that he wants you to be. You see, God is in the business of transforming lives. 
He's in the business of making us into the person that we always don't see in our hearts and our lives. He will do in us what needs to be done if we will follow him. Anybody remember the game Follow the Leader? What was the most important position in that game? What, would it, what did everybody want to be? The leader, right? Because when you're the leader, you get to do whatever, and everybody has to follow you. You know, you do something crazy, and they got to do something crazy. If you do whatever, well, if you're the leader, everybody's following you. Everybody's going where you go. You march over here, they go over there. Wherever you go, they're following you. And that's the same, that's how I view my relationship with God, is that wherever he says for me to go, that's where I'm supposed to go. Wherever he says for me to do, that's what I'm supposed to do. Why? Because he's the leader, and I'm the follower. I'm, the, I'm to follow what he says. I'm to go where he goes. I'm, I'm supposed to do what he asks me to do. Not, I don't, God's not supposed to do what I asked him to do. I'm supposed to do what God asked, well, you know, what God is asking me to do. So he's the leader and I'm the follower. So wherever he goes, I'm supposed to follow. And that's where we get everything mixed up in our Christianity. Right? It's that we're called to follow, but we don't follow. We're, God is, I said it last week. God is a personal God. What I mean by that is he wants to be in every part of your life. Every detail, every interwoven thing that's in your life, he wants to be in part of that. He's a personal God. Not a God that sits up in heaven that, that is a dictator and just looks down. And, but he wants to be in every part of your life. And so if I'm called to follow him, then I have to follow him wherever he goes, regardless of whether I want to go that way or not. If I will follow him, he will make me into the person that he sees for me to be. But the problem is, is that somewhere along the way that we don't, we, we, we don't follow why? Because it doesn't make sense. Why would God do this? Why would God send me that way? Or God would, why would God do this? It's not always going to make sense. It's just, again, the thing that you have to understand and what I have to understand is, again, as a disciple, I'm called to follow him wherever he goes. I'm called to do what he's called me to do in my life. You see, the disciples have saw some really cool things the three years that they were with Jesus. They saw a blinded eyes open. They, see the, they saw the lame started walking again. They saw deaf ears or, you know, deaf ears open where people can hear again. They saw sick people made well. They were, they were part of Jesus' life for three years and seeing all these wonderful things taking place in their life. They saw thousands and thousands of people fed with food. And they even saw their own needs in their lives supplied by God. So for three years, think about it, they lived a really good life. God really took care of them. Jesus really did some incredible things, not only in them, but around them. They had a great season in their life. But now, you come upon this, this story in the Bible where things are about to change. You see, Jesus was always talking about, in, in some situations throughout the Scripture, He was talking about the, com the coming kingdom. He, they were excited to hear about what God had to say, and they thought about how excited it was going to be, talking about the there. But the problem was is they were living in the here. They were living in the moment, that in-between stage. And so this moment for the disciples was about to change. And why do I say that? Because here's the reason why. It's because they just saw Jesus, their follower, or their leader. They just saw their leader crucified. So everything that they saw for the la over the last three years, they were like, well, what, what do we do now? What do we, what's what's going to happen now? Our, our, our leader is crucified. He's dead on the cross. What are we going to do now? So they're in that, that in-between stage in their life. They just came out of a really good season where they saw miracles happen. They saw all of these things happen. And now Jesus is crucified on the cross. And so they probably begin to ask this question. Where's the goodness of God? What is going on? Why did this happen to our leader? Why, why are we going through what we are going through? What is happening here? I didn't see that coming in my life. God, what are you doing? You see, when we're in that season where things don't make sense, or that place that God's called us to be in in our life, you have to be careful and understand this, is that the enemy is going to come after you. He's going to come after you in that in-between stage, that in-between moment, that in-between from here to there. Why? Because what he wants to do is he wants to rob you of your security. 
He wants to rob you of your security. See, people want to feel secure. The security business today is a booming business. Why? Because people want to feel secure. I mean, you can install little bitty items on your doorbell. And you can see it in other countries who's standing on your porch. That's amazing to me. The days of the old systems are, are now gone, and now it's just a little camera here or a little thing over there, and you can see whoever comes into your house. Why? Because we want to feel secure. We want to know that everything's going to be okay, right? You, for, if you're the provider of your family, you want to make sure that your family is secure. You want to make sure that everything will be taken care of if something happens to you. So the first thing I want you to know this morning about that scripture is this, is that we want to make sure that we are secure. When we live in the in-between place, the enemy wants you to live in fear. The enemy wants you to live in insecurity. The enemy wants you to, to feel like that you're in trouble. You live in fear when you're in the in-between, right? Because you just came out of a great season. Everything was like wonderful in your life. And now you're in this moment to where you're like, there's nothing going on. And all of a sudden you're overcome with fear. You're overcome with doubt. You're overcome with insecurity. You're overcome with all of the emotions that takes place when you're in the in-between. So the enemy wants to steal your insecurity or your security from you. He wants you to feel insecure. He always wants you to feel like Jesus has abandoned you. And he also wants you to think this, that the place that you just left is so much better than where you're going. That's what he wants you to feel like. I, I, I know that times in my life that the enemy has is, 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 is really worked on my heart that, that, I, that things were really good before I followed Jesus. Right? That's what he tells me. But that's not always the case. But he will, he will try to persuade me and make me think that where I just came from is better to where, than where I am going. Listen, if you came out of a good season in your life and you're stuck in the in-between, can I tell you, this over here is going to be so much better than the good season that you just had here. It's going to be different. It's not going to be the same. There's going to be new things that are happening in your life. And so what he wants me to think is, man, if I'll just stay here, then, then I don't have to worry about anything, right? If I'll just stay here, but that's how he does. He plays head games with us. He wants us to think that, we, that, that God's not going to do anything in our life. The Israelites, man, the Israelites. Man, if the Israelites were here today, I just want to just... I'm like, guys, come on. Are you just, ugh, what do you not see? What do you not understand? But I'm just like, God, that's us. There's just sometimes where you're just like, man, I just need somebody to just, just like wake me up. Just come on. But the Israelites were that. The, the desert for the Israelites was the in-between place. You see, God had promised them that he would take them to the promised land and all they, could, all they had to do was follow him. That's all they had to do. Now, that doesn't sound like hard, but there were some obstacles that they had to go through to get to the promised land. But all they had to do is, is to remain faithful and, and, and trust in God that he says that I will take you from here to the promised land. That's all they had to do. And so in Exodus chapter 16, verses 3, it says this. Is, the Israelites said to them, if we had only died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, then, we, then there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But, but you have brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6, it says this, Then the foreign rabble who was traveling with the Israelites began to uh, crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember the fish that we used to eat. We remember we used to get it free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers and, and melons and leeks and onions and garlic that we wanted. But now our appetite is gone and all we see is this manna. You see, what happened in that place is this. They were more secure in bondage than they were following God. Because what happens is when you're following God, you get so used to things over here that when, they're, when you're on this side and God's not doing exactly what you thought of over here, you're just like, God, why are you not doing the things that you need to do? They were, and that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to, to take this plate and he's going to fill it up with just all of this stuff. Why? Because he doesn't want you to move from here to there. 
And all, think about that. They were in bondage. They were slaves. They were beaten every single day of their life. They made, you know, whatever, bricks and all this other stuff. They were beaten every single day of their lives. And all they could think about was the food. I mean, was the food that good? Have you, I mean, I've been to some really good restaurants, but I'm just like, I mean, it was good, but, I, you know, if I go back, great. If I don't, that's fine. But all they could think about was the food. They're, listen, they're living in freedom. They're living in freedom. Now, it may not seem like freedom, but there's nobody standing over them beating them. There's nobody making them do certain things. But all they could think about was the food. Because that's what the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to think that you had it better over there so that you won't move here. That's what he, he just constantly is bombarding our minds and making us think that, man, it was so much better over there. It was so much greater over there. Uh, you know, I, yes, I may have been in bondage. Yes, I may have lived in, in, in those kind of things. But, man, look at all the stuff that I could do. And that's what he tells us in our life all the time. Is, listen, is that you're, you're free. The Bible says that we are free, free indeed. But yet we tend to live in bondage. But the word says that we're free. The Israelites, they were free. And all they could think about was what they did over here. That's all they could think about. They were going to the promised land. They were going to a, to a place that was so much greater than what was over here. But all they thought about was here. Why? Because here was secure. Why? Because they had food to eat every single day. Out in the desert, they were not sure. There were moments of, I'm not sure that God's going to show up. I'm not sure that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And God forbid that he gives them the same food every single day and they keep complaining about that. He's feeding them. But they complain because it's the same food. It'd be like you and I, if all we had to eat for the rest of our life was pizza. Can I tell you, some of you would start complaining because it was pizza. You wouldn't think about because you were, you were able to fill your belly. You wouldn't think about that you're, you're still going to be able to survive because you're eating. You're just thinking about, well, yay, I get to eat pizza tomorrow. And that's what they were. That's what they were, the moment that they were living in. All they could think about was over here and not where they were going. The enemy wants us to think that life is so much better over there than where we're going. When we're in the land of the in-between, when we're in that place where God, where, where, uh, where God is taking us in our life. If we're not careful, when God provides for us, this is how we will respond. Is that all we get? Is that all we get, God? That's all you're going to do? You mean you're not going to do anymore? That's all you're going to provide for us? Because, again, that's what the enemy wants you to think. But instead of being grateful, instead of being happy that he provided for you, we're like, that's it? That's all, God. And that's what, they, that's what they were basically saying. Yay, we get to eat manna again. Yippee. So if we're not careful, we, we will be just like them where we'll look at God and say, is that all we get? I wish that was over there. I wish that was over there because I, got to, I had all the fun. I had all the good stuff over here. But now it's just like, eh, I'm not really too crazy about this place. The enemy loves to play head games with you. Notice, that, notice where the disciples are in verse 3. The Bible says that Peter said to them, I'm going to fish. Now think about it. The, this is just right after God, Jesus had been crucified. And Peter, is, they're all together, and they're wondering what's going to happen next. They're wondering what's going on in their life. They're wondering if, they're, if their following Jesus has ended. So they're standing there, and Peter looks at his other disciples, and he goes, hey, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to fishing. When we're in the place of the in-between, the enemy wants you to get your focus off of God. The fear of the unknown, the fear of the moment of not knowing what's going to happen in the life sends Peter back to fishing. Now think about it just for a moment. The pressure of the moment that Peter was in sends Peter back to fishing to where? To where he felt secure. Peter, when he was following God, he was able to see all of God's provisions and God took care of them, all of these things. But for some reason, Peter, in that moment, he feels, he feels scared. He feels afraid. So he goes back to what felt, made him feel secure, and that was fishing. 
because he was good at it. That was his livelihood. That's how he provided for his family. So he leaves what God has been doing in his life, and he goes back to fishing. Think about it. This is the first time in three years that Peter has gone back to fishing for fish. Why? Because he's been following Jesus. But in that moment, that in-between moment, that really good season that just happened in his life to where God's taking them, he felt insecure, he felt scared and afraid, so he goes back to fish, fishing for fish. And that's not what God called him to do. God called him out from fishing for fish to fish for men, to fish for people. The pressure of the moment of not knowing what's going to happen if you're not careful, will always take you back to where you feel secure. Because over here, you're just like, again, I, I, I don't know if you deal with this, but I do. I, I don't, I don't, maybe you're, you're probably holier than me. I, you, you probably are. But we have those moments where, where doubt creeps in. Well, God, I don't know what's going to happen this week in my check, checking account. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how these things are going to happen. But what happens is when God provides for you, we say this, that's all? That's all you're going to do, God? So we go back to where our security was first, and we live in that moment. We live in that moment. We, abandon, we forget about everything that God has done in our life, all the wonderful things that we've seen up to this point. Now we're back to go square one all over again where we're fishing for fish. He, God wants you to know and understand that you're secure, that if you're in Him, that you've made, if you have a personal relationship with God, if you're following God, you're, you're secure. You have nothing to worry about. But it's the ones who don't have a relationship with God. It's the ones who are on the outside that really don't understand what's going on. They don't feel secure. But when we're in God, we're secure. We know and understand that God is going to take care of us. There's no reason to go back over there where it was better or where you thought it was better. And so Peter goes back to, to his old life. He goes back to his old life. He goes back to fishing and doing the things that he's always done. See, Peter was like, I'm going to go back to where I feel comfortable. I'm going to go back to where I feel secure. Man, how many times have I said that? I've, I've, I've told Teresa many a times and been in the ministry, I'm just going to go find me a nine-to-five job or I'm just, I, I don't even want to do this anymore. Why? Because it made me feel comfortable. Because I ha all I had to do was work from nine-to-five and it was all over. But when you follow God, it, it goes beyond just a nine-to-five. It's an everyday life. It's an everyday decision to where you follow after Him. So if you're not careful, you will go back to what you feel secure in your life and that's what Peter did he had a great season but he goes back to fishing for fish remember last week we talked about Jacob and and his wrestling match with God and and how Jacob hung on and, and in the middle of pain and experienced that pain of that dislocated hip he hung on for God's blessing you see God was taking Jacob from here to there and sometimes it's, if we'll just hang on to God in the in-between in those moments we will able to see God's blessings in our life if we won't let go what God's trying to do in our life. And I'm sure in that moment where Peter's back to fishing again, I'm sure that he wasn't thinking about the day of Pentecost to where he would preach his first message. I, I remember when I preached my first message. Can I tell you this morning? It was phenomenal. It really was. It was horrible. It was, I, I, people were like, please just shut up. Please just stop. I mean, I had like eight to ten pages of notes. Five minutes, I was done. People were like, yeah, woo Let's get him to preach every week. He preaches short. Horrible, horrible message. But I remember in that moment where God continued to grow me from here to where I am now. I'm so much better than I was here. I'm not great, but I was so much better than the first time I ever preached. And I'm sure Peter was not thinking in that moment as he's, as he's out there his net into the water actually did a fishing rod there. So he, he was throwing a net in the water. He probably wasn't thinking about when he was going to preach his first message and over 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people got saved in one moment. And this was the guy who went back to living what was secure in his life. And what happened when he decided to follow God completely, when God showed up that day on the shore and... <laughs> 
I can just see it in my mind. Everybody's out in the water, and, and you know, anyway, I'll move. I'll, I'll, I'll say something about it in just a minute. I, listen, I remember very plainly when Teresa and I were young in ministry when we were in that in-between stage. Man, we were, we, were, um, we were volunteering in youth ministry, and the youth ministry had grown to about 50 kids. I mean, we had, we, we, a worship band was built, and all these things were happening, was going on. And I, you know, I hate to even tell you this story, but this is where we were. And then someone else came in and was hired to take that position, and it was like we were, our life just fell apart. And we were in that in-between stage going, God, you called us. You called us to be in youth ministry. You called us to be youth pastors. Why are we not able to do it? Why can we not step in that position? Why are we not going to be able to take that, that role of, of being full-time in, in ministry? God, what's going on that in-between stage where you're just like, well, I guess God, I guess he just made a mistake or I, over, I just didn't hear him right. But it was in that moment, you know what we did? We could have easily tucked our tail between our legs and ran away. And I'm not saying this because we're, it, we're, this is by God's grace. We stayed where we were. We, we plugged in. We got a, a senior, I uh, almost said senior adult ministry. Um, a college ministry started, and nine months to the, to the day that they hired him, he left. And then we were able to step into that position full time. Now, I don't know why we had to wait nine months, but apparently we needed to do something. But it was in that in-between stage where I just like, God, I don't feel, I don't feel you. I don't feel secure here. But God's like, if you'll just trust me, I got it all worked out. And he did. But it's in those in-between stages where we have to be careful that we don't forget about what God has done. And we don't look at what he's doing and go, that's it? That's all we get? Number two is this. Be sure that you don't corrupt others around you. Sometimes we are in a season that if we're not careful, listen to this and listen carefully. Sometimes we're in a season that if we're not careful, that we will talk about how bad the season is and how bad things are in our life to the other people around us that they'll stop believing in Jesus. We will talk about how terrible it is and all these things that are going on in our life and because of our influence in their life, they'll go in another direction. I want to read Numbers 11, 4 and 6 for you again because it, 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 there's something there that you need to see. Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with their Israelites began to crave the food, uh, the things of Egypt. And then it says, and the people of Israel, what did they start to do? They also to begin to complain. They were listening to what was happening around them, and it wasn't bad enough that they already were complaining, but now they started complaining about this situation. So you have to know and understand that you have to be careful that you don't corrupt the people that are around you to, to misunderstand who God is. Peter was like, I'm going fishing. And everybody that was standing there near to him said, we'll go with you. We'll, we'll go with you, Peter. You see, Peter didn't have to announce it that day that he was going fishing. All he had to do was get in the boat and, and go fishing. But he announced it. Why? Because he was wanting somebody to go with him. He didn't want to go alone. You ever been there? Hey, I'm going to the so-and-so. You want anybody want to go? Anybody want to go with me? Come on. You know, you, it's like you're persuading people to go with you, and that's the way Peter was that day. He didn't have to announce it, but he did. So what happened is Peter had influence. Peter was a leader, and everybody around him began to follow him. They followed him back to where God had called them from because of his influence. You see, you have to understand, you have influence in people's lives, and you will either lead them in the right direction or the wrong direction. That's how it works. You have influence in your family. You have influence in your job. You have influence in other places that you go. And if you're not careful, people are watching you, and you may lead them to the Lord, or you may lead them away from the Lord because of your situation that you're living in. So you have influence. People are watching. Peter had influence. They followed him back out into the water to start fishing again where they had just left their livelihood. And so you have to be careful that you're not influencing people in the wrong direction instead of leading them to where God has called you to lead them. Number three is this, Miss Karen, if you would come on up this morning. Number three is this, don't allow the enemy to confuse you. 
If you look at 1 Kings chapter 18, it talks about Elijah and this great victory that he just had at Mount Carmel or how God used him to destroy all the prophets of Baal and all the prophets of, uh, of Asherah. But if you flip over one chapter in chapter 19, you see where Jezebel starts threatening him. Jezebel starts threatening Elijah. And verses 2 and 3 says this in 1 Kings chapter 19. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time. And this verse 3 says this, And when he saw that, he arose and he ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, where he, uh, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. This man just came out of a great season. He just had a great victory on Mount Carmel, where he, de he defeated all of the, the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And now he's in this moment of the in-between of what's going to happen next. And the Bible says that, that Jezebel begins to talk about him, and word got to him, so what happened? He became afraid. And he ran for his life. He ran and he hid under a tree. And he started praying, God, just take my life. This is miserable. I don't want to be here, God. Just take my life. A man that just had a great season is now running for his life because he's afraid of Jezebel and what she's going to do to him. You see, he completely forgot about the protection that God had about his life. For a moment, he stepped out of faith and he began to see things with his sight. You see, when you step out of faith and you begin to view it with your sight, you begin to get, become afraid. You forget about what God has done. Why? Because you're walking by your sight, not by your faith. Jezebel, or, or Elijah in that moment, he saw what was taking place, so he ran for his life. He took his eyes off of Jesus, or he took his eyes off of God for a moment, and he was afraid, and he ran for his life. A great season just took place in his life, and now he's running for his life, hoping to stay alive as if God's not going to protect him. You see, sometimes on the coattails of our greatest victory is where, if we're not careful, we'll walk around in defeat. We will completely forget about this season and what God's done in our life, and all we can think about is, oh, poor pitiful me, what's happening in my life right now? That we lose our faith, but we, we start viewing it completely different than what we did before. The Bible says that we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. But too many times we walk by sight and we forget about what God's doing in our life. We forget about what God's doing in our life. Elijah was on his, on his running for his life. Verse 4 of of that chapter in John 21, it says this, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. But notice this, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Prior to that moment, they had saw Jesus twice after his crucifixion. He's standing on the, the seashore that day, and they don't even know it's him. Because they're confused in the moment. The enemies confused them in that moment. They don't even know it's him. They were just a hunt. I don't know, could, the weather could have been bad that day. It could have been foggy. I mean, there could have been a lot of things going on. They were 100 yards offshore, and they could not see Jesus in that moment. You see, when we're in those moments of the in-between, the devil is going to confuse you into thinking that what you are doing is better than where God's going to call you. See, we, li we live in a society today that's so confused. It's so, it's so confused. I heard a story this week that just, it just broke my heart. But I'm like, but that's what the devil does. He confuses people to think that where they live is okay. That if you feel this way, then go for it. It's all right. But he's confusing people in their life. The, 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 the disciples, they were confused. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't even know Jesus was standing on the shore. Number 16, chapter 13, or chapter 16, verses 13 says this, Isn't it enough that you have brought us up out of this land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Now think about it. They thought that Egypt was the place of land flowing with milk and honey. 
that was the place where they lived in bondage. That was the place where they were slaves, but they thought that was the place of the land of milk and honey. But they completely forgot about where God was taking them, to the real place where land flows with milk and honey. They were confused. They didn't understand. God, what is going on? And they just completely just like, we don't know. The enemy confuses us to make you think that where you are is better than where God's going. If we don't keep our eyes focused on God, then you and I will get confused in the in-between moments. John chapter 10, verses 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verses 5 through 7 says this, It says that he called out to them, Friends, have you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard what he said, it is the Lord, he wrapped himself in his outer garment and he jumped into the water and he began to swim to where Jesus was. Listen to me this morning. When you're in the in-between season in your life, you may not be able to see God, but you will know His voice. You see, they didn't see God standing on the seashore that day, but when He spoke, they knew it was Him. They couldn't see Him, but they heard Him. Why? Because the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. If you're a sheep under His leadership, When he says your name, you know who it is. When you as a parent, when you say your kid's name, they know who it is. And they knew that day, even though they were confused with the situation, they knew his voice. And the Bible says that Peter, of all the ones, you can just visualize it. He jumps out of the boat. He says, see you guys. And he swims to where Jesus is. He said, I'm not waiting any, I'm not waiting another moment to get where he is. We know his voice, even though you can't see him. Just listen for his voice. You see, sometimes we're wanting the the lightning and we want the the effects. We want the smoke. We want the, the big boom. Why? Because that's what everybody likes. But what if it's just the still small voice that we're missing because we're looking for something else? They knew his voice. Even though they didn't understand, they heard his voice. And the Bible says that Peter jumps out of the boat and he swims to the shore. You see, when you go back to doing the thing that God's called you out of, listen to this, you will never be successful. When you go back to being the person that God called you from, you will never be successful. Why? Because God hadn't called you to be that person anymore. What does the Bible say? They went fishing and what happened? They didn't catch anything. Not a single fish until Jesus showed up and told them what to do. He's the leader, we're the followers. You see, we're trying to be successful over here, and this is what God hadn't called us to be here. He's called us to be there. And we're trying, and we're trying, and we're trying, and we're trying, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening, and nothing's happening. Why? Because God's called us out of this season to another season, but yet we want to live in this season. They were not successful. Why? Because they were doing something that God did not call them to do. Because three years prior, you remember a conversation? Hey, come follow me, and I will show you to fish for people. You will no longer fish for fish. I'm calling you out of that season, guys, into a new season. I'm transitioning you out of that season to a new season. And that's where they were. They were in the in-between stage, and God was about to pour out his Holy Spirit upon his disciples and the 120 that were in the upper room. And the church was about to get started because of these men who decided to follow God in that moment when they didn't understand it. What happens when we don't always understand, but yet we follow? Miracles. Miracles. Can I tell you, I would love to preach a message and 3,000 people get saved. I would love that. That hadn't happened yet, but I'm I'm not saying it won't. The day that he spoke, 3,000 people got saved. Why? Why? Because he decided to follow the leader. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never prevail against it. 
So don't, when you don't feel him, when you don't sense him, when, just trust him. Because if he's called you to follow him, then he will take you to places that you never thought you would ever be able to go. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Bow your heads this morning, if you will. You see, Abraham and Sarah found themselves in the in-between place. They found themselves in the in-between place where God had promised them a child to when it actually was fulfilled. And what happened is they got ahead of God. And instead of waiting for the promise, there was a child born. Follow the leader. Wait for him. And you will receive your promise. You may have to carry your cross for a little while. You may have to go through the hardships and the persecutions and the things that come with being a Christian. Guess what? Jesus went through them as well. People in his own hometown didn't had nothing to do with him. But if you'll carry your cross, if you'll work through the hardships and keep trusting God, just on the other side, there's a crown waiting for you. But you have to continue to trust him and follow the leader. Heavenly Father, today we love you and we thank you. God, there may be someone here today that's trying to figure it out, who's kind of, they're trying to make that decision, do, should, I, should I live for Jesus or should I not live for Jesus? They're in that in-between state. What, am I, what do I need to do? God, for whoever, whoever that person is for today, God, I, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in the only way that you can. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you feel like there's nothing going on in your life right now. Remember this. God has not walked away from you. He has not left you and he has not forsaken you. Some of you are about to go through some trials and tribulations in your life. Some of you, are, we're going to go through some hardships. But if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll see miracles happen. Peter walked on water because he kept his eyes on Jesus. When he started looking at the storm, that's when he lost his security and he began to sink. Everything that we need of in our life is in him. So if you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, I have to ask this question. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, Maybe you've been thinking about it. Maybe you're just trying to make a decision. Let today be the day. If you're here today and you say, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. Would you lift your hand? If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I'm kind of in that in-between stage right now in my life. I just had a really good season, and now I'm just not really sure what's going on in my life. If that's you, will you slip your hand up? Because I want to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. If everyone, would you just stand to your feet this morning? We're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning, if we would, if we can. I want you guys to, to, to cross aisles this morning. Just come together as, as one body right now across and just take a hold of your neighbor's hand this morning as we pray. You never know what someone's going on going through in their life until you sit down and you talk to them. So we're simply just agreeing with our brothers and sisters this morning. We don't know what's going on, but God does. We're just simply agreeing with one another this, this morning saying, God comfort them. Shelter them as they go through this season in their life. God, I pray that their trust would, be, would, would remain in you, not in the things of this world. And that, God, when we feel lonely, 
when we go through those situations in our life that we don't understand, I pray, God, that we will not go back to the old because we felt security there. But, Father, we will remain in the in-between because, God, you're transitioning us to something greater than what we've even experienced or what we will experience. So, God, for every person here this morning, I pray, God, that we would listen to your voice. We may not understand it. We may not see you, God. But, God, we can hear your voice even in the midst of the problem that's going on in our life and the things that we will face in our life. God, draw us closer to you. We used to sing a song that said, draw me close to you. Never let me go. Man, when you're sitting there right beside him and he's got his big old arm around your, your shoulder, you, there's so much security there. But no one understands, even if you don't sense his arm there, you're still secure because you're in his hand. God, we love you today and we thank you. Bless every home, every life, every child, every mom, every dad, every grandparent, God. Bless their home, Jesus. Bless this church so that we can be and do the things that you've called us to do. We love you and we thank you today. God, we look forward to this week that when we wake up in the morning, God, tomorrow is a brand new day, that your blessings are brand new tomorrow, Father. God, I pray that we would wake up, Father, with an excitement in our spirit, even though it's Monday, to know that, hey, today's a new day. Thank God for the blessings that we have in our life. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.